In today's show, let's cover something in sponsorship. Welcome to episode four, everybody, the Race Driver Coach Show, season five, and I'm just looking at my phone because this is an answer for a question that we had from, I'm going to call you Ward. Uh, your question was this, how do I sell sponsorship by what you call piggybacking? Now, piggybacking, that's, I love it. It's just, a, I don't know, it's just a term that I came up with, but piggybacking is, it's, it's the opposite to direct sponsorship where you sell yourself as a race driver and this is what I can offer you and your company come along for the ride and give me all of your money and I'll give you a sticker on the car. It's the opposite to that, kind of anyway. Uh, piggybacking, there's two different types. What I like to refer to are, if you've got a car, this is number one, right? Say if you're racing and you're in a championship at the minute where you can actually afford to race this season. You don't really need that much more sponsorship to complete this season, but it's the season after, it's next year where you're like, I need to get sponsorship in for this. Well, the very wise thing to do is not to wait till the end of the season and then start to look. Instead, it's build the relationships now whilst you are racing. So say if you're in race three at the moment, three of seven, or race weekend, three of seven, it's how can I use this vehicle that I'm racing as ways of getting me in the door so over the next six months I can make relationships and then hopefully next year these people will sponsor me. So you are piggybacking off the back of a championship that's already paid for and you're using it to open doors. So if you have, say if it's mostly your own money at the minute, but you've got like so much white space on the car, you're like, you know what? I could put about 10 companies on that car and it would, um, yeah, it would generate sponsorship for now, but it could open up opportunity and, and discussions if I give them a good time. If I give them a kind of value that is way more than they're actually paying, they're having a good time, they're loving it, and they say, right, we're going to give you more next season because you're going to step up to a, a championship that's got more eyeballs on it, we're going to give you more then I think you should do that. You should piggyback off this season, sell the white space that's on the car and sell it at such a, an offer, a deal, a price that they can't turn it down. And you're like, yeah, Enzo, but this much on the car, you know, but a foot by a foot or a meter by half a meter, that usually costs about 18 grand, 20 grand. I can't give it away for less than that. It's worth more. Well, it's up to you. You either sell it for its extortionate price that you're trying to get for it and it'll be empty all season or you can give it to somebody at a tenth of the cost give them a good time explain to them that it's a deal because it's you know it's, it's halfway through the season and you can depending on the sponsor actually explain that the car's paid for so it enables you to give them this good deal but it's only available this year for the rest of the season um, and then you give them that slot for like two grand even though it's worth 20 you give them it for two you give them a good time give them all the benefits that are not really costing you anything you save that money because you don't need it anyway. Don't blow it on a set, a couple of set of tires or anything. Keep it for next year so you still got it. But you, you are you are then showing them what it's like. You're giving them a toe in the water. And the reason I say to piggyback off a season that's already paid for is because when you look at Facebook advertising, companies can 
do a Facebook advert, see if it works, dip their toe in the water and pull the plug if they're not really happy. So it's less risk. In you offering your white space at a discounted rate, white space again is obviously bits on the car that are not being used right now. So you might as well use them uh, to open up relationships. If you offer that at discount prices, but give them the really good time, that's giving them the toe in the water. They'll see what it's all like. They'll know straight up that it's usually costing more. And if they want to do it the next year, then it is going to cost more Then fine. But I would do that. That's piggybacking. That's for people who are racing at the minute. Now, the other side of piggybacking is different. You know, you can piggyback off different things. Now, if you're in a championship that's really not sexy, you know, there's nobody watching it. It's just, uh, it's mostly people that are doing it part-time. Uh, they've got a normal job and they come to race. You know, I can't really sell this. There's no commercial value to this. Okay, so can you piggyback off other drivers that are in high-profile championships or teams? Can you sell their sponsorship package for them? And as a result of doing that, you're on commission, 20%. You're a broker, an in, uh, uh, not an insurance broker, uh, a, a sponsorship broker for other people. And you might think now straight away, I'm not getting sponsorship for other people, the drivers and benefiting from them. No, okay, it, but you don't have any of the hassle. All you're doing is introducing, you're taking their package that is really sellable, right? So you've got this team that will give the whole branding of the truck or you've got a big high profile driver and they find it easy to get endorsement deals and sponsorships and stuff. And you're doing a deal with them. You say, I just want to find sponsorship for you. You don't have to pay me, but I'll just get commission on anything I bring. And this is really being an entrepreneur and a salesperson. So you do that. You get the packages in. All these different packages from different sports even. It doesn't even have to be motorsport. It can be different avenues. So you've got about 20 different packages. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? If you just spent the next few months getting all these different packages to sell. And then you're just a salesperson. You say, okay, I think these three companies fit this sponsorship deal because they're in this sector already. It's it's low cost. It's not too bad for them compared to what they're spending already. And you approach them. And you've got probably a few different sponsorship offerings for them. And then all you do is get paid. But what you do, right? You pass that sponsor on. You might not see him again. Or that sponsor or that company might come to you again later on and say have you got anything else we've got a new product coming out we'd like to get it into rugby have you got anything in rugby at all and you'll go oh yeah hang on i'll get back to you calling up all the rugby teams or all players and you're coming up with deals there and you offer that this is a really interesting proposition it's what somebody i know is working with and does now and done it for 10 years or so and they are earning a lot of money and you as a driver if you've got skills in selling or you've got to learn how to sell then this is a way of piggybacking off other people's careers, off other people's sponsorship offerings, selling it, getting 20%. You've got none of the responsibility to execute that or to deliver that. You're just saying, Bob, meet Larry, talk. You, you know, you're probably in the first meeting. You make sure you've got a contract with the person you're selling for. They pay you when they get paid. So there's a little bit of trust, but you've got them on a contract. If I bring sponsors to you, this is how much you'll pay. Uh, you've got to pay it within... X amount of time of the sponsorship deal being uh, signed. You're going to do it in whatever format. It can be paid to you direct debit. Each time the sponsor pays them, you get a cut of that. But that money coming in and that job of you selling marketing packages through sport for companies to help them achieve their goals is an amazing way of earning money. 
and it's time efficient as well. And then you take that 20% of all that money you've earned and you spend it on your racing. This is a modern age. You've got to think differently now. The sticker on a car in a championship that's not very seen isn't worth much. A sticker on a car in an F1 team isn't really worth that much. Well, let's just say it's, it's a lot of cash, but you don't get much from it if you're a company. And everybody's waking up to this. So if you can offer deals in your sport that are tantalizing because there may be white space on some high profile car, then you talk to that driver and say, look, that space there behind, in front of the rear wheel isn't being used. Can I sell that? And if so, how much? And give me the package so I know exactly what it offered. So using their material even, away you go. You're just the middle person. That's piggybacking again. So it's piggybacking on your current championship. If you're racing, everything's paid for. You know, your dad's paying for it or you are. And it's paid for pretty much. And you're using the white space on that to open up doors for next year. And then there's piggybacking of using other people's sellable, you know, ones that are good, that are worth it. Sellable sponsorship uh, packages. And you're going out there into the world and getting paid commission. That's piggybacking. And I'm hoping that just the way I speak in this random way, talking about different things, that it, it just inspires different thoughts and you come up with another way of piggybacking, another way of getting sponsorship. Because this is how it works now. You've got to hustle because the value you're providing through your racing, it isn't enough for the price tag that you want. So you've got to start to think clever now. This is about being a race entrepreneur. Be one and you will prosper and you'll be in the sport a long time. And you'll be a manager probably afterwards. That's all for now. See you next time.